let, let me talk to you a little bit tonight. Um, I would really like to just share a little bit from my heart on the, the foundation of the Lord. This is the fifth one, and, and I've entitled it The Image of God. It is my view, and I say it is my view because in a lot of these things, we can sort of debate some nuance there, uh, the nuance of meaning, but I don't think that we can debate the total reality. And uh, I was looking at, at this, the foundation of the Lord, just thinking that you and I are, as we sang earlier, Christ is the sure foundation. That means that there is no uncertainty in, in that foundation. There's no fault in that uh, foundation, the foundation which he is. And our foundation is not inanimate without life, but our foundation is the eternal life himself, which is so big. Amen. And so what I would like to do is just try to express some thoughts about Christ so that you and I together will grow together. The Bible says that you and I are, are being built together. Now, and that's a, a huge thing. So what God is, is God's goal, its motive, is to take each one of us and put us in our proper place. And you have to be really insane not, uh, to not want to be built together with other brothers and sisters because that means if you're not built together with, us, with each other, that means you're not a part of God's house, God's dwelling place. So God, God will dwell in every unit of his building and he dwells in the, in the whole of the building. And so we need to understand what we have. This Christianity is not a bunch of rules and principles and, and various things like that. This is an amazing life and reality, and it, it is built on a promise. It is not built on uh, what you must do. It, it really is not, but it's built on a promise of God. And when you understand that God called you and made a promise to you, you've got to walk in that. You've got to embrace that, yes. all right? Yes. So I want you to do that, and when we talk about your foundation, we're saying that since you are built on Christ, that there is absolutely, and I want to speak in absolutes here, there's no wiggle room, Absolute, you will absolutely finish. Amen. You will finish it. And, and, and that's what we have to understand. We don't want to say, well, what if? What if? There are no what ifs in God in this new covenant relationship that he's given to us. So, so let's look at this from, from a, a positive view and not a negative one, because I don't find anything negative about God. I don't find, find anything negative about his word. It's all po po positive, it, because all of the promises of God in Christ are in him, yes, they're in him, amen. amen. So then if we would look at that and not the natural, then we will understand God's intention that God's purpose for us, his purpose is not for us to be overcome, but for us to overcome. His purpose is not for us to, to die, but to live. His, his purpose is for us to declare the works of God, not to wonder about the works of God. So, so let's look at this and know who we are, what we have. I always like to bring those, those two aspects of the Lord, 
who he is, just, you know, and, and then what he's done, and who he is, what you, uh, you find in Psalm 27, when uh, uh, I was younger, I've told you, I used to think, what is wrong with David? I mean, I love God, but I thought, David says, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. <clears throat> I say, one thing, just one, I mean, I've got this <clears throat> multiplicity of things, but David said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may what, dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I, I want to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire there in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me in his pavilion. Yeah. And then, then when, when difficulties come, he will set me upon a rock so that my head is lifted high above my enemies. That's huge stuff. Jesus is the rock. And he says, if you're on him, you can see what your enemy is doing. This is our amazing foundation. We, 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 are, we are special, not because we're special. We're special because of him. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It's amazing. He's amazing. And, and let's talk a little bit. Let's look a little bit into the scripture tonight. Um, uh, sometimes maybe we ought to just come together and sit around with a cup of coffee and talk a little bit and question and talk a little bit and, and ask questions. We, we'll do that sometime if you're okay with that. Yes. Yeah? Okay. Amen. Uh, uh, let me go to uh, Colossians chapter 1. It's not in my, 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 my notes for this message, but I've talked about it before. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. If you've got your Bible or your, your electronic device, go to it. Yeah, I remember the time I told you I rebuked this brother for uh, being on his phone while I was preaching? And he told me, my Bible is on my phone. I said, oh. So I don't rebuke anybody for having their, their, their device. You got it? Amen. Speaking of Christ, he says, he is the image of the invisible God. We, you've heard that here so many times. But he is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation. <clears throat> so that means that he is the sovereign over all creation. He's God over all creation. He is not created. So if, if a Jehovah Witness comes to your door and tells you that Christ is, the, is the, uh, created, don't believe it. Right. Now, if you don't know the truth here, you will believe a lie out there. That's right. And if you don't know that you are into the truth, and the truth is in you, you'll believe a lie. So none of us should say, I don't know what to believe. Wow. And if you ever say that, and I hear you on the news, I'm going to come get you. <laughs> all right. So look, for by him, Christ, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Now, we, we find two things here. They, they are created by him, and they are created through him. That's big. And, 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 and he says, he, he's told us that this one is the image of the invisible God. He is the God that you cannot see. That's amazing. And the spirit of the God that you cannot see lives in you, and you cannot see the spirit. But we see Jesus. 
That's very big for me. So that means that Jesus will take you through anything, can take you through any situation. You don't need always for the world to say good things about you. As a matter of fact, you are suspect when the world says nothing but good about you. You are suspect. You are, you are not who you ought to be because they said bad things about our God, our Savior, Jesus. And he says, if, this, if they treated me this way, they will treat you that way. Are you still with me? So, so we understand who Jesus is as he is the very image of the invisible God. He is the, uh, in the Greek, is icon. You, you ever heard people say, oh, this uh, starlet, this movie star, he's my icon or she's my icon. I go, not mine. They're not an icon. You know, that this, an icon has to do with being like a, a, an image or a, a, a statue or, or, or a profile of somebody. So, no, no, I don't. And, or you're my idol. They say those things as well. So not mine. I don't have idols. We have the reality. We don't need false things. Um, now, as I go further, I, I'm teaching on the image of God. This is the foundation of the Lord, the image of God. I want to talk about this great transition because you and I, in, the, in realizing the image of God, there's a tremendous transition that we all experience. Paul tells us that as we have borne the image of the man of dust, as you, you look like Adam, and so all of us look like Adam. Adam looked like all of us. Yeah. All of this was in Adam. He says, as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. And I want you to, to hold that in your heart and in your mind. We also, just like you look like Adam, the first man, you shall look like Jesus, the heavenly man. This is what, what uh, the writer of Hebrews tells us. Now let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 29, and we want to, to deal with that. While you're turning to Romans 8, 29, this word image also has to do with a, a clear representation of something. So, and it, also, it has to do with uh, a, that which resembles or the very likeness of that person or that thing. So Jesus is everything, not most things, not some of the things, not the things just pertaining to man, but Jesus is everything that the Father is. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, we've shared with you and shown you scriptures from the Old Testament that speak of God the Father. And then, then in the New Testament, we see that those scriptures speak of Jesus in the same way that they've spoken of God the Father, in that Jesus is the very image of God the Father. Then you further find what the scripture says about Jesus in so many regards, what the scripture says about Jesus, then the scriptures say, uh, the, scriptures say the same thing about us, the church. Yes. You see what God is doing? Yes. You know, he is building uh, you uh, upon this unshakable rock, this rock that nothing can, can wash away that which is built upon. It doesn't matter about the, the floods and the rains and the difficulties, the crazy stuff that happens in life that really ought not happen. It does not change who you and I are. Right? Those things reveal who we are. 
So let us continue. Romans 8, 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined, he predetermined to be conformed to the image of his son. So those of us here, the scripture says, God the Father foreknew us. He knew us before. He knew us before we were in our mother's womb. That's big. And he predestined, predetermined something for you. It's just too beautiful. He predestined you to be conformed, shaped like, molded like the image of his son. And what was the purpose of that? That Jesus might be the firstborn among many brethren. God wanted the son, the unique son of God, to have brethren. That's amazing. Or sistering. <laughs> he wanted him to have people like himself. I don't know if that blesses you, but it just knocks me out. You know, that God has taken me, a sinner, a man who was born in sin, and a man who practiced sin, and one day Jesus came into his heart and began to work with him, and that one day, this person that you're seeing will have a bodily resurrection, and there will be no smell or hint of sin in that person. That's big. That's what God has done for you. Right now, yeah. You, you are not considered a sinner as such. You are a sep separated one, a saint of God, a sanctified one, but you still sin from time to time. There will come a day when you will never again. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, then when you know what the lofty things that God has for you, then your, your part is to live up to that ideal those ideals of God, you can live up to them through the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. You can live up to those ideals. Don't ever say, well, I'm just a man after you've done something crazy. But the, because that shouldn't inform you. The Word of God should inform you. So you want to be informed by the Word of God constantly. So you must be in the Word of God constantly. You must assemble yourselves together at, and, and not uh, not do that. You must assemble together. It's amazing because we gain strength from one another. How many times one of you ha uh, has given me God's answer that I've been praying for in a casual conversation you never knew? Oh, thank you, Jesus, you say under breath. I wouldn't have gotten that if I hadn't been assembled with you. Well, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses thir uh, 17 and 18. Verses 17 and 18. Uh, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, and then later we'll go to Hebrews chapter 1, all right? So you can be anticipating. Scripture reads, now the Lord is the Spirit. Big, big, big statement. And some people misunderstand that, that the Lord is the Spirit. We misunderstand that. Paul tells us that there's only one Spirit, so the Lord is the Spirit. Uh, gives us an amazing revelation because when the Holy Spirit comes, who is a uh, one, uh, the third person of the Trinity, when he comes into you, Jesus comes into you. So Jesus does not bodily live in us, 
but, but he does through the Spirit. And so he says, so, so, so Paul safely says, safely says, without any contradiction, without any hit, hint of, of error, he says, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's not bondage, there's liberty. And we have to walk this thing out with loving arms and loving eyes and loving disposition, walk it out. And then he says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. With unveiled face, we don't have a, a, a veil on our face. We are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And so what he's saying is that, you know, when Moses went, in, uh, went up to the mountain to talk with God, he would, put, he would take the veil off. So Paul tells us here very, uh, very powerfully that we, uh, we don't have a veil. The Holy Spirit has removed our veil himself. Moses had to take his off, but the Holy Spirit has taken our veil off. And he says, we with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. We are going through a process of metamorphosis. Amen. He says we are being transformed. That's a very powerful thing that Paul is telling us. When, when Moses went to talk to God, he took the veil off because that, that uh, glory was fading away. So he, but but he, when he was talking to God, he just took the veil off. And when he would go, go talk to the people, he would put the veil on for two reasons. One is they were afraid of the glory. Number uh, two, it was passing. But ours isn't passing. Amen. This is so mind-boggling to me. And sometimes I just have to worship on my bed. Listen, we are being, are being transformed into... A similar image. No. Same image. Same image. God is making us to look like the Son of God, the unique Son of God. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, from one degree of glory. So what he's saying is we are progressing. We are, we are moving higher and deeper. That's what he is saying. And we are being transformed, what? Into the same image. Now, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and, and the Holy Spirit now is making us, causing us to be transformed, metamorphosed into his likeness. As he is like the Father, he is making us like the Son. Wow, that's big. And that's our foundation. He says, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So this is done by the Spirit of the Lord. So the Holy Spirit is not uh, for goosebumps. All right. All right. He's so deeper than that. So what I'm, I'm saying this so that you and I will know who we are or who, whose we are. We will know whose we are. Then we will know who we are. And then we will know what we have. And when we know what we have, we'll know what we can do. For those who know their God shall be strong and will do exploits. That's what he wants us to, to get. He wants us to grasp. We can, we can do it. Yes, we can. We can do it. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. 
Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1, and uh, we'll look from 1 through 3 initially. Uh, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, God who at various times and in various ways, at various times and in various ways, at various times and in various ways, spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Now let me, let me read it to you so you'll get it. God, who did this, now God has, he has, God has, in these last days, spoken to us by his son. God is now, he's not using the old, like Old Testament prophets, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. He owns all things through whom also he made the worlds. And so, so you, this theme resonates throughout all of Scripture, all of the New Testament Scripture, this revelation. It shows us that, that of him, through him, and to him are all things. And this one lives inside you. You know God's up to something really great and, and something grand. So that's why we, we often say uh, things like, like nothing the enemy has planned against you will succeed. But do you believe it? <laughs> you know? Do you really believe it? You know, I, I sometimes have emotional attacks. You ever have an emotional attack? Thank you for being so honest. All the men are sitting back. Yeah. And uh, this old oil field guy used to say, and you are the very ones. Yeah, but you know, I had this emotional attack. And sometimes these emotional attacks become, become so severe, they're so severe, you think you're not going to get out of it. Have you ever had one? You think you, you're going to get out of that thing. You thought, this, you know, you, you're not going to get out of it. And then the Holy Spirit just kind of works it out, and it's okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's wild, isn't it? Wow. It's okay because you, you overcame that. And I've, I've, I've had some, I go, You know, the you know, old man's trying to say, revive me, revive me. But no, he can't be revived because the Holy Spirit lives in me. The Holy Spirit is in charge of you. Amen? So he says that Jesus has been appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the world. Now, sometimes when we think of Jesus, we think of Jesus in a way that, that I would like for you to hold on to, to go beyond. We think of Jesus just as God often. I mean, you know, we think of Jesus, he's God. That's correct. But when we look at this, we want to think of Jesus as, as, as the Son of Man, in that Jesus is God, but he also is man. And I want you to think about him as the Son of Man, that Jesus has an earthly mother, a mother born of a woman, somebody who has a birth date. That's amazing to me. And this man, who God is his daddy, it's like if you were to ask me, who, who's your daddy? I said, Orlean Lavelle. You said, Jesus, who's your daddy? He said, Jehovah, Yahweh, <laughs> hallelujah. Yeah, and so, so God, 
became a man, and this man is ruling everything, and this man lives in us by his spirit. That's why we, we have received this kingdom, which cannot be shaken. I hope this isn't boring anybody. It's a little tedious here. You know, and so, so he's, he's appointed heir of all things. And this, listen to what he says. And through this one, this one, he made the worlds. How can you make the worlds through somebody who has a birth date on the, in this earth? How, how? This is an amazing mystery because he preceded time. Why? Because his daddy preceded time. Why? Because he was in his father always. Why? He had fellowship with his father before the earth was made. This great mystery, which is not so mysterious now, is in you. Hallelujah. 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 Wow, my time is good. So he says, now this one, who being, verse 3, the brightness of his glory, the Father's glory. And now the writer gives us more information. He says, and the express image. Just in case some scholar goes a little haywire, uh, you know, he says he is the express image. Now, he, he adds, adds some, uh, some clarity here. He is the express image of his person, of God's person. And, not only that, upholding all things by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power. And if and since God, through Jesus, upholds everything by the word of his power. Upholds the universe by the word of his power upholds heaven by the word of his power. Can he not uphold us? Yeah. While we're going through whatever we're going through, he can uphold you. There's no temptation that has overtaken you except that which is common to man. But this one who upholds everything has already made a way of escape for you. Yeah, there's a way of escape. You don't, you don't have to succumb to give in to to be conquered by anything. Amen. But we don't know that yet. That's why we're walking it out. I, I've said recently that um, uh, I'm not, I know I'm not as great as King David because King David went, to, went home to, to be with God at 70. And so I, God has more work for, in me, not for me to do. There's more work for him to do. Yeah? It's amazing, isn't it? Now, let me just stop and be an old country preacher. Where is Brother James? You see him in the booth? Brother James, could you come back to the platform? If you have all of your team with you, come back and sing that song that, that you sang at first, the first time. I think it was like a country and western song. I, I heard that. I thought, oh, it's country and western. Y'all like that song? That first one. It cannot be shaken. Behold. I want you to sing Behold. Come on here. Go find him. Lasso him. Bring him back. Now let me show you something, because I want to get here. I thought I could, I'm always optimistic. I think I, I have about 50 scriptures, and I think I can get to all of them if I just stay on point. I always do that for, for some reason. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Colossians 2, 16 and 17. Did you find him? I know he's been ill. Okay, if he's not suffering. 
But even if he's suffering, bring him back. I had told Brother James, I said, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you shouldn't. He's been quite sick. He's been at the hospital, and, but he wanted to be here. And he may be out there suffering somewhere, but bring him in anyway. <laughs> Let, let's, <laughs> let's look at Colossians chapter 2, uh, verses 16 and 17. So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding a festival, or a new moon, or Sabbaths. Now listen to what he says. This is about the old covenant. And any of you who have a predisposition toward Judaism and saying you're a messianic, you're, 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 you're just, you're not wicked, you know, you're not going to go to hell, but you are wrong. And, and if, you, if I'm wrong, I, I want to be right. As an old Baptist deacon once said to me, I didn't grow up Baptist, but I found them pretty quickly. And um, um, uh, he said to me uh, that I'm your friend when you're right or wrong. This is thinking of me personally, but generally. He said, I'm your friend when you're right or wrong, but when you're wrong, I'm your friend to get you right. I'm your friend to get you right. And, and, so, and so here... I want to show you something very clearly, but, but now before I go further, I'm still, can we do it without Brother James? Can we? He's, he went home sick. I just got word. He was very sick the last several days. We can do it? Okay. Let's bring everybody up to the platform. Y'all may have to do something you didn't do in the first time. Y'all come on, do it. I'm almost finished. Okay. Now he says here, so let no one judge you in food or in drink or in regarding, uh, or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. These things are a shadow. Now let me read Hebrews chapter one, uh, 10, verse 1. When you get there, just let me know you're there. Thank you. For the law, the law having a shadow of good things to come. There's a shadow of good things to come. And not the very image of the things. There's a great transition that has happened, and we're a part of that. Amen. This is heavenly, divine. Amen. There's nothing on earth that compares. Amen. The Lord. And not the very image of the things. Listen, can never with these same sacrifices, which they offer continually year by year, make those who approach perfect. Hallelujah. The law, the Old Testament, all of that, was impotent to make you perfect, to make you complete. He goes on to say, for then would they have, would they not have ceased? For then would they not have ceased to be offered? If they could make you perfect, they would have continued to be offered, but they couldn't. For the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sin. But they couldn't, they're just a reminder. 
But I guarantee you right now, there may be some sin that the enemy wants to beat you up with from time to time that you committed way back yonder. But you just say, in the blood of Jesus against you, I'm saved and sanctified. Be gone. And he has to leave you. Now, he may come back again, but he has to leave you. Why? Because you, don't, you and I don't live with the consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices, there's a reminder of sins every year. Why? For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. We're going to continue this. We'll continue this on Sunday. But I want us to sing that amazingly wonderful, good, crooning country and western song. L let's, let's do that. Let's do that. And then we'll